O font of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us, I trust in you. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us, I trust in you. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us, I trust in you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. 
For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God. Holy, Holy Mighty One, one. Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, look kindly upon us 
and increase your mercy in us, that in difficult moments we might not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Amen. Jesus, I trust, trust in, in you. you. Jesus, Jesus, I trust, I trust in, you. in you. Jesus, Jesus I, trust I trust in you. In you. Raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM, Catholic Radio. Hello and welcome to Healing the Whole Person. We have our wonderful uh, regular host of today, Father Bob Sears, S.J., um, you know him, but I'll just give you his brief biography um, for those of you who are turning in for the f listening in for the first time. Father is a Jesuit priest and a former professor of theology at the Jesuit School of Theology and the Pastoral Institute of Loyola University, Chicago. His emphasis is on the relationship of psychotherapy and theology. Father is currently a spiritual director, counselor, and writer on various aspects of healing. He gives workshops and retreats on faith development and healing, especially intergenerational healing. He is actively involved in the Catholic Charismatic Renewal, and he has been uh, involved in the Association of Christian Therapists, a former president, and he has a website, www.familytreehealing.com, where one can find his various publications. Um, Father, welcome to the show. I understand your topic today is another one of the Beatitudes. Happy are the peacemakers. Yes. <laughs> yes, I thought that because the, when they were more happy, then we're best open to healing. And the attitude that helps us to be happy are the Beatitudes, and these are different descriptions. And so we're now on the seventh Beatitude, which is... Blessed and happy are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. The Beatitudes that I'm presenting are really aspects of work in the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit is at work in us, these are attitudes that will grow in us. We have, we're poor in spirit, so we let God do the work. And we, we have the sense of grieving for our sins, so we let God forgive us and we are meek and not claiming our own position in the world, but we're letting God have his position. So all of these are attitudes that will bring peace to our own spirit and help us to bring peace to others. And this is the third beatitude, really, of the second part of the beatitudes after the Our Father. And these have to do with reaching out to others. The first three have to do with our own inner peace. We all want peace, which is not just the absence of conflict, but the product of right order or justice. In today's world, when they're so struggling to find peace, we know this is more important than ever. Without justice, that is, without true consideration for every party involved, we can't really have peace, either in ourselves or in relation to others, because we aren't listening deeply to ourselves or to others. So I recently had a family come for counseling, the parents and four children. And this isn't usual that you get the whole family. 
<laughs> the mother was the most concerned, and so she, it's often the case, isn't it? And she persuaded all the family, including her husband, to see what might help them to be more at peace together. In our hectic world, where everyone is rushing around and often distracted by cell phones and TV and under pressure from schoolwork and jobs, they wanted to know how they could find a way to make their home a place of peace and not hurt feelings. So what I suggested that we do is to go around and have everybody say what they're thankful for and also where they feel hurt. And as each one shared, it was clear that they felt pressured and not really heard in their feelings. Everybody had their own, you know, work, and they didn't feel appreciated by the others because they were all busy with their work, you know. And they didn't have peace because they didn't feel listened to and respected. But they didn't have peace, so they couldn't listen to each other. <laughs> so that was just what the children not just the children, but also the parents. How can we find inner peace that needed to respect and hear each other? So for that brief moment as they were sharing, they did come to a certain peace. It was beautiful. And I think they might have had some example of how to bring it home to others. And what does Jesus say about it? Well, he the, the passages in Matthew's Gospel that pertain to this beatitude are chapter 5 verses 21 to 26 as I've mentioned before there there are usually three New Testament passages for every beatitude because this was in Hebrew it was in Israel this was the prayer that was given on Epiphany or rather you know it was rather Pentecost it was when the Holy Spirit came down, and they would have eight prayer periods because there was no octave of, of Pentecost. It was the end of the Passover season. And they would say three stanzas of Psalm 119 at each prayer period. There's, it's the longest sense, it's the longest uh, psalm in the Psalter. And so these prayer periods, Jesus has different explanations in Christian way of thinking for each of these attitudes, which are the attitudes of the Holy Spirit. And so the first one he says is, you've heard it said that you shall not kill. But I say to you, whoever's angry at it with a brother or sister will be liable to judgment. Whoever says raka, which is a term of abuse, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin. And whoever says, you fool, which is total rejection, will be liable to fiery Gehenna. What's he saying? We can't bring peace to others if we don't have peace in ourselves. And Jesus had peace in himself because he experienced his father's merciful love. He expressed that love even for those who put him to death. So receiving his father's love, he could extend it to others. We won't really be able to bring peace to others until we let God bring peace to us, until we see ourselves as loved by our heavenly father, no matter what we do. 
See, God's love really doesn't require that we be good in order to earn it. Because Jesus said, no one is good except God. Can we let God love us and forgive us even when we aren't good? Even when we know that we've done things wrong, but we just let him forgive us. Because he likes to forgive us. He loves us. And that's the way we'll change when we know we're cared about. As he said to the Jewish elders who wanted to stone the woman taken in adultery, let the one who is without sin cast the first stone. When we see our own sin and experience God's forgiveness, then our hearts are softened and we can have compassion for others. If we don't know that we are loved, we will be expecting others to love us and make up for what we're missing. And then when they don't do it, we'll get angry, we'll be hurt. And that's what happens in families where they, everybody needs love, but everybody's looking for it from other people and, then, and not learning how to do it for the other people so they could see the model for it and do it for them. If we don't really listen respectively to each other, how can we expect them to do that to us? We aren't modeling the solution. So, but we won't be able to do that unless we have that inner peace because we can't really listen very well when we're upset inside, can we? It's, that's the difficulty that we have to find that inner peace in ourselves in order to extend it to others. So that's the first of Jesus' explanations. And the second word that Jesus addresses, the necessity of being reconciled with a brother or sister if you wish to receive anything from God. So it isn't just about having peace among ourselves. It is our openness to God requires an openness to one another. And so Jesus said, if you bring your gift to the altar and there recall that your brother or sister has anything against you, Leave your gift there on the altar and go first and be reconciled. Then come and offer your gift. We can't expect to have our gift received by God if we don't receive the gift of our brother and sister. The Eucharist, which is a sacrifice of thanksgiving, is a gift of reconciliation. It was in Jesus is dying for us on the cross that we were reconciled and brought back into communion with God. Jesus has given his whole life to restore us to communion with our Father in heaven. And he took that suffering that we gave to him, but instead of retaliating or getting hurt and angry, he forgave us because he already knew the Father's love for him, even though he didn't feel it at the time because he wanted to feel everything we feel as though God had abandoned us. So he's identifying with us and listening deeply into our hearts and where we're hurt, and then we can open to receive his love. We pray in the Our Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So God's saying that really unless we allow his forgiveness to flow through us for other people, we won't even receive it ourselves. 
we have to be an open channel so that that love which she's giving to us will be handed on to the others. You remember the parable that Jesus told about the master, you know, the servant who had owed his master uh, a large sum and his master forgave him and then he didn't go and forgive his fellow servant and so the master was very angry and said he should be sent away and made to pay the last penny. So if we don't forgive others, he's saying we can't be forgiven. So it's as though we block the receptivity in ourselves when we don't let it flow out to other people. So it's really important to realize that reconciliation, however, is a two-way process. We can't be sure the other is going to receive our apology or our effort to reconcile. You probably had that happen, and I'll just tell you a story that where it did happen, where the person said she'd already apologized, but they wouldn't accept that she had done so. And when that happened, she felt like her whole family was turning against her because of a sin that she had done some years ago, but they hadn't forgotten it, you know, and they were judging her, and she felt put down, and she didn't know what to do about it. And I said, well... <clears throat> You know, you have to realize that they aren't your judge. <laughs> and God has forgiven you. So can you let God forgive you and let let them attack you if that's what they want to do? And she said, well, I don't know if I can do that. And he said, well, you better learn how because you're going to need to forgive them for attacking you. <laughs> because if if you don't forgive them, you can't be forgiven. And she recognized that was true because she did have a relationship with the Lord and knew the Our Father. And so she was open to do it. And then I said, well, for their sake, you need to tell them true that they can't be forgiven if they don't forgive you. <laughs> I don't know how this worked out, but I think she, she went away peaceful. And, and so it really is true not just for you, but for the other people. If they don't forgive you, they can't be forgiven. But we really have to wait for them to accept that truth. And then if they think deeply, they'll realize they need to be forgiven because they are, they've done a lot of things wrong themselves. And so this could help the whole family to come to a, an acceptance of each other and to forgive each other. And that would bring peace. That's the Lord's point here. And then Jesus has a third word about timing. He said the third word is ultimately do it now while you have it an opportunity. So don't put it off. As Jesus puts it, settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court with him or her. Otherwise your opponent will hand you over to the judge who will hand you over to the guard, who will, and you will be thrown into prison, and you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. Like the servant who didn't forgive his fellow servant, he would be thrown into prison until he paid the last penny. Jesus is using an example from everyday experience to make a point of timeless importance. If we don't get reconciled while we're on the way, 
that is, in this life, we will stand trial and not <clears throat> get home to heaven before we have suffered to purify our sins. There's nothing that can can help us to get into heaven except that our, life, our hearts are like God's, forgiving everybody and letting God's love be our foundation. No one gets into heaven without being in total harmony with God's love, which is the ground of all peace. So peace can only come through right relation with God's love, which is the very foundation of the universe. This is a, a really important thing also for our world today, is it not? You know, if we really want to have peace, we have to have justice. And justice is that we really re listen with respect to all the parties that are involved. And we try to do something that will be helpful for them as well as for ourselves. We're so used to just looking for our own interests that other people feel used and then they don't feel really respected. There's a book that I used to use in class, you know, for for healing and for especially social relationships. It was all it was called Getting to Yes. You know, it was a book on negotiations. And it depended on each person listening to the other person until both people would profit from the relationship. So nobody was getting their point of view with the, at the, you know, while other people hurt. They were both respecting and opening to the other person. And that's the way Jesus is with us. He listens to us. In fact, he listens so much to us that if we don't convert, he still loves us. He identifies with our sin, just like Jesus did on the cross. He identified with our sin. He became sin for us, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, that we might become the righteousness of God. So Jesus has modeled for us how peace will come. It comes with love. And the only one that can love ultimately and absolutely is God. The rest of us all have our own needs for love, and so we get hurt when people don't love us totally and uh, respectfully and eternally. And it's really impossible for he, he, humans to do that because we all have deep needs, and we get hurt when people don't listen to us or respond to us. So unless we let God love us ourselves, we won't be able to have peace unconditionally. That's why this is a beatitude. It's only possible through the gift of the Holy Spirit. God has to open our hearts to receive his love. And we need to let his love be our foundation because that's infinite and it never ends. And he loves us so much that no matter what we do, he will identify with our hurt and our pain in order to forgive us. He just needs us to accept his forgiveness. Sometimes that's the hardest thing, isn't it? To accept God's forgiveness and to forgive ourselves. When this person who was here, you know, that felt the family was against her, she needed to forgive herself and to let 
that be a foundation that couldn't be stopped. Because then no matter what her family thinks about her, it's not going to touch her at the deepest point because she knows that the ultimate judge is God and he forgives her. He opens up to receive everything that she wants to give to him. Um, Father, this is there's so much here that's just so um, food for thought and for inspiration. And I, you said if we don't know we are loved, we expect others to love us. Isn't that the condition, more or less, in which we are all born, or are we, are some people born knowing they're so loved? I th uh, well, that's that's a very good question because I think we are conceived, yes, uh, out of God's love, and we know that somehow mm -hmm. deep down we know what it would have been like if God was loving us. There's a passage in Jeremiah, in the first. Uh, chapter in the fifth verse it says you know before the foundation before i placed you in your mother's womb i knew you and i set you as a light for the nations in other words our divine purpose is in us from our very conception and god puts us in the womb but once we grow up in the womb we take our clues and even our understanding of god from our parents and once the parents have sinned, you know, that is, they're buying into original sin, then they think they have to be good for God to love them. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the way we're mm -hmm. brought up? We yeah. have to be good and then they'll love us, you know. And, well, that's not true. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it took Jesus to show us that it isn't true. That Jesus said, no one knows the Father except the Son. So what we did was make God in our image. We felt once we'd sinned and separated from God, then we made God in our image. And we thought we had to be good because we knew we weren't. And so we had to try to make ourselves good in order for God to love us. But that's impossible because we aren't good and no one is good except God, Jesus said. So we're what we're trying to do is to make up for what we missed but what we missed was eternal love and we can't make up for it um father we just have one minute left before the break but isn't that the hum the condition into which we are all born we have this inner gift of being totally loved by god but the spiritual journey is to uh, embrace that is it not yeah. Yes, to incorporate yes, it, it, to to dwell in them. Well, in a sense, we have to be born again. Yes, yes, and, and so what, for each person, it's totally different how they can how they can they can find the love or get what they need in terms of filling their very, hearts. It's very good. In fact, we might continue on that when we come back. You know, just to, how that happens, how we get the love that we need, so we can hand it over to others when we know we don't deserve it because we're we're sinners like everybody else right so let's continue with that we'll be back in a, a few seconds a few minutes with father bob sears don't stay tuned
Hello, I'm Juliana Taimarazi from the Iraqi Christian Relief Council in Chicago. Our culture needs Catholic radio as a tool for evangelization and catechesis. As a powerful platform, Catholic radio brings Christ to us all and brings us closer to Christ. Get the real Catholic news from Catholic radio. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Hi, this is Wes Riccio from the Holy Family Catholic Bookstore, wishing the fullness of God's blessings upon all those who will soon be receiving a sacrament for the first time. If you have a child, grandchild, or godchild being baptized, receiving their first Holy Communion, or being confirmed, remember that Holy Family has the area's largest selection of gifts, accessories, and supplies to make their special day more memorable. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information, including a virtual tour, is available on Facebook. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Hello and welcome back. We're talking with Father Bob Sears. Happy are the peacemakers. Um, Father had such a a wonderful um, treatise on uh, how to find peace and and, and what the Lord uh, wants to give us and does give us from the very beginning, except the problem is we don't always know it, even when we're born, although we have, we have it in, in, inside of us, and yet all of us are different in the way we are born, and so we, go, we begin the, the journey to, to find that peace and love. And I, isn't it true, Father, that maybe the world is in such a state of chaos now because people don't know th- they're loved inwardly? They don't have it inside of them and they're striking out to you know out of need for for love yes yes i think that's true and and the the, uh you know and and really what our world seems to be trying to do is get god out of the picture you know it's as though we think that we can solve our own problems or something Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and that's just self-deception because when we when we try to solve our own problems, we become the horizon of value, and we could die. So that can't be everlasting love, and we're looking for a love that will always be there. Mm-hmm. And so, once we get married, or you get relationships, you know, fifty percent of our marriages now are ending up in divorce. Mm-hmm. We love is is lasts as long as you feel like. You're loved, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 
if if it isn't a feeling, you know, how can how can humans love unconditionally? They can't because uh, we all have needs ourselves, and so we're all looking for that love from each other. And depending on who starts the the uh, ball rolling, that is the, the 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 sense of getting mad at the other person because they aren't loving them adequately then they're going to feel rejected and they don't feel loved either. So mm-hmm. now it's escalating and everybody fights with everybody yes, else. Yes. And, you know, how is that going to get healed unless God, unless we have a love that's unconditional and is willing to suffer? All of our anger for not feeling loved and adequately loved. Isn't that why we're angry at God? We don't, we, he's letting us suffer. And we think that suffering is the enemy. Mm-hmm. And suffering is not the enemy. It is the part of the healing that has to take place because all suffering and all illness and all wounds, interior and exterior, are love wounds. We are meant for love because we're meant in the image of the Trinity. And without love, we're useless. You know, why would I be here if nobody cares about me? You know? But you know, Father, I was had a wonderful education by the Sacred Heart nuns, and after graduating from high school, then I, college, I married, and I didn't know that I, I needed so much love, and that I didn't have, that I was so wounded, and so I expected my husband to, to fill the my needs for love, and <laughs> I think a lot of people do, and I spent most of my married life, and as you know, you were my spiritual director. Just being angry at him for not filling my need. And That's right. That's right. And how could he share? How could he fill your need when his, his he was needs. looking to you for filling Ex- his needs? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he was more. He was just as broken as I was with family issues and mental health. You know, mental illness and stuff. So, isn't that our lot, Father? Isn't that everyone's problem? I do. Yes, I think it's everybody's problem. Okay. And he, and God knows it's everybody's problem, but it's going to continue to be our problem unless we let God love us. Right. Because, and that's really, and he can't love us if we don't receive it. If we don't think we need to be loved or we don't think we want to get it from him, we want to get it from another person who has flesh on or something, you know. It's kind of like we put all these conditions into the, the person that's going to love us. But, you know, Nobody can do it. So mm-hmm. God himself said in the Old Testament, and I think really that if you look at the history of Revelation, you know, the Old Testament and the New Testament, what do we learn in the Old Testament? That the best people didn't succeed. David, mm-hmm. what did he do? He, he, he was good, you know, in the beginning. His heart was with the Lord. And then he committed adultery and had Uriah killed and the sword will never leave his family. Yeah, he, he turned out to be a, a a real source of suffering for his whole people mm-hmm. because of his decision. And Solomon, who was given the gift of wisdom, you know, he ended up with 700 wives and five, 300 <laughs> concubines. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> and and he was trying to placate them by bringing in foreign gods' temples, you know, because they weren't all they weren't believers in Yahweh. Mm-hmm. So he was he was deceived, just like 
Adam was with, with Eve, you know. So with everyone trying to get love, like this family that came to you. Yes. Everybody was hurting, and everybody needed love. So maybe it was the suffering of the family that that opened them to a new to answers to God? I think so, yes. I think that's exactly right. And so that's what I mean. Suffering is not meant to be a punishment. Uh-huh. By God's, from God's point of view, he already loves us. So he doesn't need to do anything except try to get us back on the right track. <laughs> and suffering so often and that's, brings and suffering us back. Suffering is a way that makes us come to our senses. Annie, right? you had a question. Annie is sitting here and wanted yeah. to ask you something. Um, my question was, is there anything that you could share uh, for families that are suffering uh, that might be a, of help uh, to them? And um, the second thing I was wondering about, um, I just know that um, uh, being in front of the Eucharist, whether it's uh, during uh, exhibition or you know just the tabernacle, I think people find um, peace there. And um, is that something that you would recommend people to do? Very much so, because that's the—that's exactly what we need, is a divine love, which is embodied. And that's why Jesus became human, because we, needed, we need a mediation of the human love. We need a mediation of God's love in human love. When I do counseling, you know, for people, and they, uh, you know, they, while I'm there, they can pick up the love. And so then they go back and they, 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 they don't have it anymore. And I say, well, where did it go? But so, so well, I, I need somebody who I can feel the love with, you know. And, mm-hmm. and, well, they could feel it with God, too, if they were tuned in that much. But it needs to be mediated, just like children need to be held and they need, you know, to have their mothers hold them actually 10 hours a day is what they they measured is necessary for young children to grow mm-hmm. so they gain they incorporate the trust within them so when they're not with the person they still feel loved father i just had a, a thought so from the very earliest times i have to use myself as an example because that's mostly what i know i i was searching i was asking and thank god i had faith for, for us who have faith, I think we reach out, we cry out to God. And yes. then, then he leads us to the next, next step where, he can, where we can grow um, yes. to, for him to, to fill us, to, to, to heal us, yes. right? Yes. To help that us is, grow. Isn't that interesting? He needs our permission. That's it. Uh-huh. That's it. He needs our permission. It's when I, when I, uh, you know, I, I've shared in healing conferences, instead of my own journey, you know, I said in the womb I won't be a burden. Yes. So I'm third, and then, and I didn't realize I'd done that until after I got healed to a certain extent of a depression from the text from Isaiah 43 that don't look at it behind. I was trying to analyze my. Uh, the source of my depression and I was just getting more depressed so that was not not the solution and the, this text said don't look at what is behind don't look at the past right look at me who's doing something new 
Now it springs forth. And I began to realize that the solution is God's creative intervention now. Wow. Wow. And that helped me along and for about 12 years. And then at 12 years later, I was in a healing group and somebody got burdened. And I realized, I, I just popped into my head that I said, in the womb, I won't be a burden. Mm-hmm. And I made that decision. Mm-hmm. And that decision, God had to respect until I took it back. But the very fact that the Lord aw- awakened you to that, he, yes. he, the Holy Spirit enlightened you that you, exactly. you, you did that in the womb. Exactly. And he enlightened me after 12 years of getting further healed. <laughs> right, right. So we, that, that one of the reasons we don't get to these deep pains and I, and, is that the, the trauma is so great. We need to have somebody there that we tr- trust went through the same process mm-hmm. and will accept us. Mm. So you say, and, and thirty years later, or thirty-three years later, I realized it was shock. It was that was after much healing from forty-two yes. to seventy-five or whatever. Yes, <clears throat> yes, yes. And it was shock. I couldn't do anything, and that's where the Lord started to show me that I had to get born again. I have this image of God just looking and listening and waiting for us to come to that point where he can show us yes what's, yes all what's we have needed. to do is come to a point where we give him permission wow so in high school father i it was a senior in high school and i was very burdened by emotional problems my mother was sick i my friends all got asked out on dates and i didn't and i was a wreck and i sat in a in the chapel at an away basketball game i wandered down the hall and that i believed in the real presence and i sat there and the tears came out of my eyes and i god all these problems i'm so lonely my mom's so sick why can't i get dates what's wrong help me god and do you know after five minutes i came out of the chapel and I was all better. And I walked back into the gym, and what came to me was that I have just had a conversation with the Son of God, and he's my personal friend. Yes. That, that came to me then. And so what, what, I'm, what I'm realizing now is that you said we need a mediation of God's love. Well, God himself mediated his love to me through the Eucharist. Exactly. That, and that's, that is true. And, but, but the... But, and with, I've, I've known people who have had that similar experience. They weren't touched by anything else except the Eucharist. Wow. And it brought them back to uh, wanting the Eucharist over and over. But the problem is there is that when you leave the chapel, mm-hmm. that can fade. Uh-huh. And it still needs to be mediated to you. Yes. But I think the Lord uses human beings yes. who yes. have been open to him to kind of carry on that connection. Yes. Yes, so Father. that so that they help us to bring it into our everyday life when they when they can. You know, I think that's really what I do in spiritual counseling because I don't think I heal anybody. I don't. I just connect them to Jesus. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you and know, Jesus does the healing. So right? if we have faith, Father, this is really it's. A, I'm totally inspired. If we have faith, when we go to the Lord or speak to someone like you or uh, through spiritual direction. So God then brings us to another point on our journey of of deepening our awareness of love or deepening the love in us, right? 
That's right, exactly. And, and that and that's step by step. step so he'll lead you to the people that can take you the next step. Some people's, you know, traumas are so deep that that even the best healers can't get to it. Yes. You know, yes, and so um, they can only go so far and then the person gets further wounded because the person can't stay with them yes, the whole yes, journey. Yes, yes. But but they just can't do it because they haven't been wounded as deeply as mm-hmm. the people that are coming to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they haven't gotten to that deep wound. I have counseled people up to a certain point and then they, I couldn't help them anymore. Right. Because I wasn't deep in my own trauma to communicate in an unconscious way that they were safe. Yes. And that I, I wouldn't reject them because I was rejecting my own trauma. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I understand. But now some people might say, well, then all, you only need to go to Jesus because he will heal you. Well, that's probably true. But, the, but Jesus needs to be mediated. Exactly. I understand that. <laughs> if they went to Jesus on the cross, mm-hmm. but how could they even get to Jesus on the cross without facing the cross inside of themselves yes. it would be just overwhelming what yes. he went through yes it, we just wouldn't be able to do it and jesus said to the disciples i have more to tell you now but you cannot bear it yet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when the holy spirit comes he will guide you into all truth mm-hmm. so the holy spirit is like a mother that's why i like the mary and the holy spirit or mary is really the you might say human embodiment of the holy spirit and women do that for their children. They mediate the truth in a way the child can hear it. Yes, yes, yes. And it's like they're, they know how to translate it. Where mm-hmm. men, I sometimes come on too strong. I, mm-hmm. I come on with the truth, but it's too much for the person to hear yes. at that particular time. And so they can't hear it. They need the heart of the mother. <laughs> they need the heart of the mother, uh-huh, right, exactly. Uh-huh. Now, Father... I don't want to stop us, but we have so many prayer requests. We have five okay. minutes left. Would okay. you? Would it be all right with you if I just mentioned them all and then you prayed for everyone? That'll be fine. It will. Mm-hmm. It'll be impossible to to because we have with many emails and phone calls and so forth. So, um, in the spirit of filling us with God's love, we'll pray for these people. There's uh, two Toms. One Tom, he's praying for his business to allow his partners to sell out so he can they can professionally develop without unethical practices that's his business another tom wants to god to grant the grace to reconcile with the love of his life there's carla who asked for prayer to be delivered from repetitive failures of arguing with family and worries and extreme fears and anxieties there's an anonymous who has lives in a small apartment that that feels um, some satanic activity and needs to be exercised. The apartment. What's the name of the person again? It, well, the that's anonymous. Anonymous. Okay. Yeah, and then there's Erica who has a long list of people, uh, but she's asking for prayers for her family. Only a miracle can save me from not. Uh, staying in the street and not having a place to live or losing our life. Um, It's a very long email, but it's her whole family. Okay. Um, Alfred, um, let's see, he's 70 years old and he has serious heart problems. 
Please mm-hmm. heal his heart, asking God for heart healing so he, he can have normal, healthy blood pressure. And then I have other requests here for, for Matthew, who has sepsis. Uh, for mm-hmm. Colleen, who has serious medical issues. For Martha, who has stage 4 breast cancer. For Anonymous, who has stomach and colon issues. And for Matthew, who had heart surgery. So, uh, there they are, Father. Okay. So, Lord, you know all those people, and you know their issues and their background, Lord. And we just raise them up to you, Jesus, just as we would do if we went to the Eucharist and raised them up to the Father. And they would, Father would bring them to Jesus, and Jesus would minister to them and Mary also and the Holy Family because often our wounds are family oriented and it's not enough to have one person. It has to be a whole family that is in the Holy Spirit that helps the person to feel at peace and safe and can bring up all their issues. So Lord Jesus, we ask that you would do that for especially for these People that have family issues, it needs to be your holy family that gives them the security to know that they're loved unconditionally and they can release their family to you, Jesus. They can release their family to Mary and Joseph and Joseph really is just a representative of the Heavenly Father. So the holy family is like the Trinity in human form. Mary is the Holy Spirit. Jesus is, of course, the son of the Father and the Father is represented by St. Joseph. And so, Lord, we ask that these people would be brought into the Holy Family, that they could release their family members to the Holy Family as their solution so they don't feel like they have to be the saviors of their family. They can forgive themselves for not saving the family because they never were meant to be the savior for the family. There is only one savior, and that's Jesus and his family. So, Lord, we bring all of those to you. We bring all the uh, the physical problems, Lord, the breast cancer and the medical issues and the sepsis and all these different issues, Lord, because the body is an expression of the spirit. It's all a love deprivation, but coming out in different forms. So, Lord, we ask that that love that you have given to us would be at the foundation of all these people that they would know, Lord, that your love is breaking through and it will bring healing in body, soul, and spirit. But it's an eternal love and it means sacrifice. It's a love that costs you your life. And so we don't have to be afraid of the suffering, Lord. We just bring the suffering to you and ask what it's representing so that you can bring the healing that's needed. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Glory and praise to you, Jesus. We pray also, Lord, for our, for the business venture, because our creativity and our business is meant to be an extension of your love, and we want that to be totally moral, Lord, so that it will bring healing to the society and to the people that are working for them. We ask that that would be taken care of, Lord, so that the the community and that business would be brought into your loving and just organization, Lord, that cares for each person and the people that they're serving. 
Thank you, Jesus. Could you bless our listeners, Father, before May we... May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon all those that are listening, Lord, and all that are receiving our words, and be your words, Lord, for their healing through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.